note the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast, brought to you by NBA 2K24. Myself, Mo Mootsi, alongside me as always, the three-time NBA champion, BJ Armstrong. Real name, no gimmicks, no gimmicks. What you got for me today, Mo? What you got? Well, you know, this weekend I was watching the Clippers. They lost to the one and eight Grizzlies. They're on a, what, five-game losing streak. Now, they ain't won with James Harden in their team at the point of recording this. Although, who knows if that will change soon. And, you know, I was so disgusted um, by their performance. I ended up making a YouTube breakdown about why they're so bad. But it got me thinking, BJ. How long, because I know you like to give teams 20, 25 players, and James Harden is new, and he's still selling in, and da-da-da. But how long can this go on for? Because we have to remember... Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both have player options this summer. And the Clippers, you know, they've traded away their picks. They've traded away a lot of their role players. They don't really have many options to get better moving forwards as they have one of the oldest squads in the NBA now. And if you're Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and you're thinking, I really want to win a championship for the first time if you're Paul George, another championship if you're Kawhi Leonard. At what point do you start to worry if those guys say, I'm not going to pick up my player option. I'm going to become a free agent and leave this summer? And if so, do you look to move either of those in a trade? Well, at some point here, what always ends up happening, especially in professional sports, is there has to be someone, whether it's a player, executive, coach, that will be held accountable and responsible for this move. Now, What you're alluding to now currently is that the players and it's the player's responsibility to fix this problem. As far as I know, the players weren't actively involved in making this trade. It was going to have to, it was a group effort, right? The coaches probably knew about it. Mm -hmm. Certainly the executives knew about it and and the owner had to trade for it. Now, did they run it by the players? I'm sure there was some discussion. But ultimately, the decision comes on, you know, from the top. With this trade, Mo, there is a level of expectations that we're all we're all deferring or dancing around the question. And the question is, do we think as is this team, as it's currently constructed, are they good enough to win a championship? Based on what I've seen, Mo, the answer is no. With that now comes how to fix this problem. Is James Harden the long-term solution? Kawhi Leonard, are we going to re-up, invest? When I say invest, are we going to re-sign him? And if this isn't the group, but we like this team, how are they going to improve this team? And probably one of the ways is probably to either trade one of those players, which you just indicated. So right now, Mo, it's not looking good for the Clippers. The fact remains is James Harden hasn't played. He hasn't been in training camp. He hasn't played with this group. They have no time to build their team. They've just kind of made a deal, threw the guys out there, and then say, go play. And so far, it's been a disaster. They are, what, currently 0-4 as -hmm. we speak? And certainly we all know, Mo, how difficult it is to win in the NBA. And when you look at four players who probably will be Hall of Famers. Definitely. 
Probably Paul George, but the other three are locks for sure. Yeah, okay. Now, this is what we're really saying. I think, Bo, they have some big moves to make. No one can say they don't like the talent. However, Mo, there's a thing called chemistry. The chemistry is not there. And right now, we're all baffled as you watch this team is how bad they've been in these last four games mm-hmm. with this. Team. I mean, it's arguably an all-star team and they can't win a game thus far in the NBA and they're losing big. So, but we'll see. They need time. Clearly Mo. I mean, I remember when the Miami heat, when, you know, if you want to point back to a team that was with hall of fame talent, those guys didn't start off well in their first 10 games. It's going to take them some time. That's so right. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up on them. We're in their primes. Those guys yes. weren't known for load management. Those guys got yeah, to just, the finals, even though they were disappointing. I'm going to every situation I look at for what it is. I'm not comparing to what those guys have done. I'm just looking at a situation. Those guys went to training camp. Those guys figured out and they made adjustments. And one of the adjustments was suddenly Dwayne Wade had to take a step back in order for the team to move forward. So I'm going to give them the same credibility. If everyone is on the same page, it's going to take some time. Now, it's not good right now. That's why I'm going to, you know, Ty Lue is is excellent. But if this doesn't turn around, Mo, probably in the next seven to ten games, I'm looking for some other moves to be made. And one of those moves is someone's going to have to be responsible for whoever, you know, encouraged this move to happen. Okay. And that's how professional sports, I mean, that's, that's the nature of the professional sports, but it's really been disappointing, especially out here in LA, you know, you follow it, you've seen it and give the Memphis Grizzlies credit. I mean, they came in here, really played a nice game. Our guy Bismack was, he was Mm -hmm. sensational. That block he had on James Harden. (laughs) Yes. I mean, he was sensational and then, you know, we'll see what happens, but it's certainly, certainly, it's been a very disappointing start since James Harden, you know, has, has gotten on the floor and, and they haven't been playing well. And that's, and that's, that's just the bottom line of, of sports, professional sports and what, whatever sports you're playing in. Well, they've got a tough time now because looking ahead to their schedule, they've got some time off to kind of look through film and reassess things. Then they face the defending champion Denver Nuggets on Wednesday. They face the red hot, Houston Rockets. Who lost to the Houston Rockets last uh, night? We're going to talk about the Houston Rockets in a uh, set. Uh, Mo, uh, and Mo, who did I say I'm looking out for this week? Who did you say? The Houston Rockets. you got to forgive me. It was my birthday weekend, BJ. I don't really I don't right, have too much Mo, of a memory about this weekend. I forgive you every day, Mo. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, well but that, that, that reminds me. I found an old segment from when we did Heat Check. From months okay. before the draft in 2021, and I said Alperen Sengun has got all-star potential, and he can come in and be better than Demontis Bonus, and it's happening in front of our very eyes. And I love to see it him going head-to-head with his idol Nikola Jokic. But the Clippers' schedule, then they've got back-to-back games with the Spurs. They could maybe win one of them, but with their lack of size and rebounding, I don't know if that's going to happen. Then they've got to face the Pelicans, then the Mavericks, then the Nuggets again, then the Kings, then the Warriors, then the Warriors again, and then on December 12th they play the trailblazers who you would assume that they can be. So it's going to be a tough time. And you're talking about the next seven games. It's going to be very tough, but let's talk about the Houston Rockets, BJ. 
I was supposed to release the video I made about Ime Adoka being the best head coach in the NBA. Okay. Um, but this James Harden performance occurred and I had to make the video about the Clippers first. So that video will be later this week. But the Houston Rockets, top 10 in offense, top 10 in defense, uh, one of four teams to be the Denver Nuggets, the Celtics, I think the Sixers and the Rockets. Those are the only four teams, top 10 in both categories um, on a six game winning streak. Everyone's buying in. Everyone's playing amazingly. What have you seen from the Houston Rockets? Well, it, it, it's it's been fascinating to watch because we all know. Well, I shouldn't say we all know. When you make a commitment to winning, you have to identify the three essential elements of winning. You have to defend, rebound, pass the ball, share the ball. Their coach has an edge to him. He has shown that he is a defensive-minded coach. And what he's done with this young group is he holds them accountable. That's what he's done. Now, Dylan Brooks has given them an identity because Dylan Brooks has taken on the responsibility of defending the other team's best perimeter player every single night. Okay? he He's not coming in saying, I'm going to get my 25 and I need help. Every single night, he's going to do whatever is necessary. Some nights he's more successful than others. However, it's the attitude that you got to like. He guards Steph Curry. He guards LeBron James. He guards Damian Lillard. He guards every perimeter player, whoever is the best offensive player, and takes on that responsibility. Now, I also like the fact that he, M.A. Doka has identified to me, which is an important element of today's NBA, you must have a player that plays downhill. And that player is Fred Van Fleet on the offensive end. Fred Van Fleet is an attacking guard. He attacks, plays downhill, which allows you to play screen role and take advantage of today's game, right? You can't touch these players. We both know, Mo, that you're going to shoot threes and an, and an amazing clip. We know that if you can get to the basket, you throw your body in there, you, you get foul and one, and then you go to the free throw line and you, you make those free throws. And Fred Van Fleet is excellent at that. Now, you talk about your guy, Sagoon, right? Is that, is, I'm Sangoon. Sangoon, okay. He is a terrific player by today's standards, by any standard, but especially today. Why? Because he's very skilled. He's a skilled player. He can pass. He is a sneaky athlete. He, you know, you, you don't think he can dunk. He'll dunk on you if you're not careful. He can play screen roll and he can play screen pop. He does a lot of things. Very creative player. You got to like him, what he, what he does. Okay. Is he as good as Jokic? Probably not. Is he as good as Joel Embiid? Probably not. However, when he plays against those guys, He's 20 plus and he's a very consistent player and you, you got to like what he's doing. And but, he's only 21. Yeah. Yeah. This is who he is. Right. You know, as you put these miles on these guys' bodies, it's not like they're going to, it's not like he's going to start today's 21 is different than yesterday's 21. Why? Because these guys have so many miles on their bodies, right? These guys have been playing professional sports for a long time. So, I expect him to have a, a long, lengthy career because he's gaining valuable experience. Okay. So now you can see early in his career, he is capable of playing on a team with other good players. This is what I love about especially young players. Okay. 
Now, when they get the Thompson kid back, who to me is probably an exceptional defensive player. This kid, Jalen Green, is now showing flashes of why he was drafted, where he was drafted in the lottery. He'll show you a 30-point game, and, you know, he'll have his 9, 10, 12-point games, but he shows you flashes, and we know he's an exceptional athlete. You like what they're and, doing and, down there. And with Jalen Green, he's a lot more efficient this year than previously. Yeah, yeah because they're, the they're, they're, yes, they're playing a brand of basketball where they're competing. And the most important thing, Mo, which you like with a young team, is you start defending home court. That, to me, is always the first sign of, oh, something is happening down here. They are playing well at home. For them to win, I know Jamal Murray wasn't playing. However, for them to win against the defending champions says a lot. That's a good momentum win. That's a good win for any any team, especially a young team. So you got to like what M.A. Duca has done. I mean, he's, to me... He's probably collapsed the timeline. Mm-hmm. You know, you were hoping that they would play this way in the second half of the se- of this season. Well, they're mm-hmm. doing it right now, and, which is not only going to raise the expectation. So the bright, the future looks bright there in Houston. I can tell you that. And you know, they're going to only get better with time. The crazy part is if we go back like nine months or even less than that, if we go back to the start of the summer, a lot of people were talking about James Harden's going back to Houston this summer. And how different the world of the NBA would have been if that move had taken place. Um, So credit to the Houston Rockets front office as well. Um, But speaking of coaches, um, the Denver Nuggets have given an extension to head coach Mike Malone just now, um, making him one of the most paid coaches in all of the NBA. Uh, They've got a 58% winning percentage since hiring Mike Malone in 2015. And I think it's good that they have some level of consistency because a lot of teams change coaches very often. It's almost as if in recent years, the NBA has adopted the Premier League style of when a team starts losing, they fire a coach. Um, But the Nuggets now, it's almost coming up to 10 years with Mike Malone as their head coach. And he'll be thinking, BJ, who are your top five coaches in the NBA right now? Top five coaches. Well, that's a a, a loaded question, Bo. And the reason it's loaded is because... If you don't win in this league, you got to get fired. Even if mm-hmm. you do win, you get fired. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's a that's a that's a loaded question. And in defense to that question, the the answer comes down to the following. I'm a pretty good coach if I have great players. That's what it comes down to. Okay. I've been knowing Mike Malone forever, like forever in a day. I played against his father. He was an assistant coach with the Detroit Pistons. He worked with our friend, Brendan Sir. Okay. Okay. I've been knowing him forever, like forever. Okay. I've watched him coach at Sacramento. I've watched him coach different places. I remember when he was an assistant, blah, blah, blah. And it's an art coaching a great player. Okay. It's an art. And he certainly has a great player to coach. And he has a, and has another great player in Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is a, is a great, is a great offensive player. So when you have those players, you know, 
your job is to maximize them and put them in position. So who do I think is top coaches today? Well, let's just look around the, the best players in the league, you know, um, let's start there. You know, Steph Curry, you got to put Steve Curry in there in that list. I mean, you you could. However, right now we're waiting for another Warriors player to score 20 points in a game that's not called Steph Curry. And an amazing coach would have at least one of his teammates showing some support to Steph Curry right now. I love to put I love to put responsibility on people. However, as a player, it is what it is. Like if they could do it, they would do it. <laughs> okay. If they could do it, they would do it. Right now, you struggle, right? I mean, it's easy for me to say, well, it's Steve Carr's responsibility. However, the coach isn't playing, but that's just me as a pro. That's the era that I grew up in. I don't care what the coach is calling because my best offense is my defense. Yeah, if I stop mode. If, if we're ahead. talking about the best coaches, right, and, and I'm aware Steve Kerr is a fantastic coach, but I'm just saying right now this season so far, when you look at why the Warriors have struggled is they've got a bunch of lottery picks Kaminga, Moody, who haven't developed the way that they were expected to develop in terms of making those contributions to extend this timeline of Stephen Curry's greatness. Even James Wiseman, who they ended up trading away, was what the second or third overall pick in the NBA draft, and he wasn't developed in a way. So I understand it's not Steve Kerr out there playing. However, at some point, you have to look at, okay, cool, we've got these young guys who need to develop and we need to put them in the right positions to succeed, and that's not been happening in Golden State. Okay, that's one way to look at it. However, I will say this. All of those guys that you just named all have won a championship too. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about coaches right now. In 2022, and, and, and Steve Kerr could have been top of the list. But and, and right and, now. And, okay, you ask me. I'm just giving yeah, my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'll opinion. give you my yeah, opinion yeah. and you can disagree yeah, with mine yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not arguing that. I, I, We can look at this a million different ways. They won a championship. And I know how hard it is. I think we all know how hard it is to win and develop. They don't mix. Mm -hmm. If you want to develop, develop. Hey, we're going to, that means they would have to move on from those players that they're currently winning with. So one of the requirements to win is experience. How are those players going to get experience when Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, and all those guys are getting all the significant minutes? That's just, it is what it is. Now, at some point here, the equation of what happens to an aging group will come down to this one thing that we all know. When it ends, it's always going to end bad. Age catches up with everyone. But when a championship run in, when a championship runs ends, it always ends bad. Why? Because age is the is is the equalizer. It's mm -hmm. it's going to happen. So at some point here, youth will be served, and you're going to have to commit to those players. Okay, Moody and Kaminga. At some point, they're going to have to be thrown into the starting lineup and play. That's just what it is. I don't care what championship run you go on. It always ends the same way. Okay. So I think Steve Kerr is, is one of those guys. I think mm -hmm. he's one of those guys. I think Coach Malone last year 
has shown, and this year he's shown that he's one of those guys right now. He's one of those guys. Greg Popovich has, in my opinion, he's shown. Why? Because I look for I look for how you lose games. Like, how do you really lose? And you can see that his team has taken a step. Because last year, they were one of the record-wise. However, when you see a, a young team that shows up and plays hard, even though they may not win the game, let's hear it. Now, let's talk about M.A. Doka. M.A. Is, is interesting is because he's overachieved not once with the Celtics. I didn't expect that Celtic team to be one of the teams. I mean, Mo, they started off, they were, they were, I'm not saying they were horrendous, but they weren't certainly, they had a rough start at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. They were up until I mean, probably January, February. February. Time. That's what I'm saying. This wasn't like, you know, like, you know, you, you didn't expect him to be that bad. But Mo, the fact that he changed the culture, that to me with the young team, that's a he 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 has an art and his art is his secret sauce in my opinion is his ability to communicate with his team. Agreed. Like that, that that's like he's getting young guys. They always say buy in. I don't think you get anybody to buy in. No, you hold them accountable. This is what we do here. This is what we do. Like I get it. You're you don't want to play defense. Okay, that's fine. We'll move off of you and move on. This is what we do here. The whole buying in thing, I think that's all wrong. I think that's the that's the wrong narrative. I'm I'm selling Mo, and Mo's got to buy into what I'm saying. Mo, this is what we do here. Your 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 choice whether you want to participate in this. We prefer for you to do it. However, there's no buy in. So, so how many does that give me? Does that give that's me four? Three you now? got Steve Kerr, Kerr uh, Mike Malone, Coach Popovich, and Imodoka. And then and then and then I, I think. Spo down there in Miami. I think Spo. Spo yeah. is, is is that from busy. one to five? We got to put this in well, order. Uh, uh, oh, you put it in whatever order because you know what 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 you can't change is every you got you got talent. Your talent will determine how good you really are. Your talent will determine will determine that. Now, if you're saying who's going to be the best coach, if you're saying in the future who's going to be the best, well, that's great Popovich. Why? He has the biggest upside with, yeah. with Wimbayama. Yeah. He's he's got the biggest upside. Does that mean he, well, however you want to determine best? No. If you got the best player and your player is better than my player, that doesn't mean that you're better than me as a coach. It's just you got the best talent. It's your job to be able to relate to the talent. I think all of these coaches that I've just identified, with the exception of Emmy Doka thus far, who happened to have coached with, with Greg Popovich, down there in San Antonio. He's probably the only one that hasn't won a championship as a head coach. However, with the right talent, I think M.A. Doka is well-equipped now to coach a great player. I mean, he's he's certainly coached one with, with, with Jason Tatum. They didn't win a championship. But he's now you know this is not an accident. He's done this a couple times now. And he's done the same exact thing. So I'm looking at him... And if I was a great young talent, I would be looking at the Houston Rockets because right now the Houston Rockets are one talented player away from really 
doing something because they have some good young pieces down there. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they're playing with a level of confidence and a swagger that to me, if they, if this is true, which I believe it is true, you become an extension of your coach. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Your, Your team takes on your personality, whether you want to admit that or not. Well, if you look at the Houston Rockets right now, this is not an accident, ladies and gentlemen. M.A. Doka is a, is a real deal, and I think he's probably one of the best young coaches. But he's got to prove that. Mm-hmm. He's got to prove it. And the only way you can prove it is by winning the final game of the season. And right now, we're a ways away from that. But I think he has shown his potential. Well, for me, on my list, very similar, just one change. Uh, number one on my list is Emei Doka. You guys will be able to watch the YouTube video later this week where I explain why. So I'm not going to give you that right now. Number two, Mike Malone. Um, obviously, you're as great with your great players with Jokic, but he's created a system now where bench players are coming through and able to succeed very well. It's easy for some of the younger players, the rookies and sophomores to get acquainted to. And obviously, a big part of that is Nikola Jokic's ability to pass the ball. But even in minutes where Jokic is off the court, you know, previously they were horrendous when Jokic was off the court. And I think he's done a great job in improving that and keeping the lead going in minutes when Jokic is resting. Uh, so when he comes back in, it's not such a big list. Number three, uh, I got Eric Spolster because somehow the Miami Heat are fourth in the Eastern Conference right now, uh, despite having a horrendous offseason. Number four on my list, I've got Rick Carlisle of the Indiana Pacers because the Pacers are third in the uh, in East Conference. Maybe he's ahead of Coach, Coach Spo on my list, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Pacers are playing amazing basketball, especially offensively. They're outscoring teams with ease. Uh, they're playing a fantastic style of play for fans to watch. And I think they're overachieving. And I don't think anyone expected them to get off a hot start like they have right now. So Rick Carlisle, he's up there. And then fifth on my list is Greg Popovich. Obviously, the Spurs aren't winning a lot of games. They're losing some close games. But the thing that really intrigues me about the Spurs is they've got Trey Jones, who comes off the bench and plays the point guard position very well. However, he's starting to try and play Jeremy Sohan at point guard. Now, this doesn't make any sense from the out looking in because Sohan has never played point guard in his career so far. However, he's still young. They're a very young team. They're not trying to win a whole bunch of games this year. And if Sohan can learn to play that position, that not only gives them a huge size advantage with Victor Wembanyama on the court playing the three or playing the four, Sohan at the one, if he can improve his playmaking abilities and his self-creation scoring, he's a dog on a defensive side. He can rebound the basketball. He plays hard. And if they can turn him into somewhat of a point guard, then moving forwards, him at the one, and then Victor, wherever you want to place him, things start to get real scary. So I like the vision for what Coach Popovich is trying to do, looking ahead to the future. Because if that experiment works out, we might be looking back at this is one of his biggest strokes of genius because you're as great as your great player. But if you can take a player who's looked at as a role player and turn him into a great player too, that's the sign of a truly great coach. And I'm excited to see, although it's not working great at the moment, Jeremy playing the one, but if he can get comfortable with that position, moving forwards, that's just, you know, BJ, you're talking about having those big lineups. If you can yeah. play someone who's like, what, six nine, have him playing at the one? Well, crazy. I, I will say this. I'm not professing to understand the other four positions as well as I understand the lead guard position, but I think I can can say this. When it comes to that lead guard position, point guard, whatever you define it today, that's one position you don't experiment with. (laughs) 
Okay. You don't convert someone over. At least in my lifetime, I haven't seen anyone converted to the lead guard position. Maybe, maybe there's someone I'm missing. I just haven't seen it. Either you understand that position or you don't. I didn't say you have to have the talent. Either you understand that position or you don't. There's an emphasis on today's game to me, which is, which is the following. You have to play downhill. Okay. You have to play downhill. Okay. And because you have to play downhill, it requires you to have a lead guard who can always apply pressure on the defensive end because of the way you have to defend in today's game. What I mean by defending, Mo, there used to be a time where you could put hands and you could hand check and you could play a little bit more physical on the defensive end. Now you can't impede the progress of the offensive player. So anyone that has a handle, Mo, like, you know, you, you know, what, what'd you say? Anyone who can get in their bag, right? Is, hey, that, is that what you get? <laughs> okay. You have a, whether the NBA or the league or the officials want to admit it, the offense has, a, a, they have an advantage. The offensive players in today's game, they're more physical than the defensive players. Why? Because you can't touch them. So if you have a player who can play downhill, it allows you a significant advantage in today's game. Okay. You could take last year. Let's do, let's use just last year. Jalen Brunson was a incredible advantage for the New York Knicks just a year ago because of his ability to play downhill. Watching Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving this year play downhill is providing them an offensive weapon. You have to have that player who can do that because it it puts, you can ask any coach, no one wants to play against a guy who's constantly will can play on the offensive end, who can put that type of pressure, can play screen role. And then if you find a guard who just happened to have the ability that can pass a little bit, now you're, now you're cooking in the kitchen. So what I do like about what the Spurs are doing is they're allowing players to learn the game from a different position. I think that gives you a huge advantage. I think that gives you, because when he goes back to his natural position, right? What is he about six, seven or so? That kid? Six, eight, six, nine. Okay, six, eight, six, nine. So now he may not be your primary ball handler when they, I'm just guessing when they eventually find that guard who can do that. But think about what he has done. His experience that he's gaining as a lead guard in this league, as a small forward or two guard, whatever position he goes into, that to me is a huge advantage. Now he is a secondary ball handler because you need a minimum of two or three of those ball handlers. Now, the interesting thing about Wimbenyama is he may be the secondary ball handler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. He could have moved to the point guard. Let's get crazy yeah, with this it. This is what I'm saying. So we don't know. Like when you have a great player, you got to let this player fall into wherever they fall into. And to me, that's what Coach Popovich is doing. The experiment is let's see 
what we have here before we start trying to put people in positions here. Mm-hmm. And that to me is what makes Greg Popovich so special is he's allowing in real time to figure out who you are. A lot of times, Mo, you know, just 15, 20 years ago, you know, we would have said he's a five man and we would have put him at the five. Mm -hmm. Now, Mo, he'll go from, you know, we'll see this guy doing some guard things during the course of a game. He'll be doing some small forward things. He'll catch it, fade away, and shoot a fadeaway jump shot. We'll see him post up a little bit. We see him, we see his versatility on the defensive end, what he's able to do. And that, to me, is the brilliance of coaching a great player. You just got to let them be who they are. And then once that great player figures out, this is how I can win, and they make that commitment starting on the defensive end, now you got something. Because you truly can't just put him in one place. So I think that's the experiment because once you get a lead guard, you got to let that lead guard do what they do. Mm-hmm. And now that's going to force Victor to either play on the wings or become a post lane sprinter. Think about that, Mo. Once you get the, once you give your ball to like a Tony Parker or whoever that lead guard is going to be, now either you got to be a two or three or a wing runner or a post lane sprinter. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I and I'm very careful not to just make him into a stretch fire. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing you don't want to do. Yeah, it's a waste of potential. Forward. It's a waste of potential. So I think this is a you know, it's kind of like you're proceeding with caution because you don't know where he's gonna end up. He may end up, you know, people forget this, but we're here to remind them. Giannis at one point was the point guard for the Milwaukee Bucks. Jason mm-hmm. Kidd put the ball in his hand. So it's important to experiment with that. All of the great players, at some point, they play out of position. You know, I remember some years when, you know, Doug Collins, for instance, put the ball in Michael Jordan's hand and made him the point guard. And you'll do that. You know, LeBron James has certainly played multiple positions. You know, Scottie Pippen, for instance. So this is a very, this isn't uncommon. I just think now with a guy 7'5", it's probably a little uncommon because normally seven footers, we just put them under the basket. But now in today's game, you can't just do that. Well, I think another coach that needs a shout out who wasn't on my top five, but Chris Finch in the Timberwolves, because, you know, he's got Rudy Gobert looking like the defense player of the year right now. And they're playing oh, wait great minute, basketball. Wait a minute, hold on, time out. Looking like, hold on, hold on. Come on, this guy's like won that award. Like okay, 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 times. okay, okay, okay. He won that award because no one else on that team defended. <laughs> let's just call it how it is he won that award because nobody on the utah jazz could play defense and he was just cleaning up their mess but now oh, okay. he's looking like that same player even though he's got great defenders around it it's just a passing comment but i think okay. chris finch is, is is doing great stuff um tim Wolf's currently third in the west Coast. and they have a he's not even in my player. top five now he's a top three He's in the top three. Andy Evans is top three. Yes. Yo, you're yes. crazy. You're crazy. Okay. All right. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying. I, 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 top last three. week, last week he's in my top five. Last week I said he's top five. Now he's top three. Yeah. He's, oh, he's, who's your top three then? Bo, you can name it. You go. You can name this it. Season. You said he's top three. So tell me your top three. Andy Edwards, and you got two well, more slots. You're well, right Giannis. now. Yes. 
Yes. That's so who, he's that's better than Steph Curry. He's better than right Luka Doncic. Right now. right now. Yes. However you – he's – I'm taking Anthony Edwards in my top three. I don't care who's in your top three. Oh, they're going to love this one on TikTok, BJ. We'll see what the fans say. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Edwards right now. Better Anthony than Jason Edwards. Anthony Edwards right now, today. Today. I had him as a top five player. This was before I, – I told you this. Anthony, I don't care who's in your top five. Anthony Edwards is in the top five. Better than KD. Right now. Anthony Edwards' impact in today's game. Today. Today. I'm not saying body of work, what you did yesterday, what you did last year. Today. Right now, 2023 and 24 season. Anthony Edwards is a top three player. Not a top three talent. That's his impact in today's game. I'm not comparing what you did. Body of work? Okay, well, that's a different conversation. I'm saying right here, right now, this moment in time. So if you wanted to win a championship this season, okay, and you were drafting players from scratch, and Jokic and Giannis are off the board, you're picking Anthony Edwards I'm over picking everyone Anthony, else. I'm picking okay. Anthony Edwards right now. Okay. Right okay. now in today's game. I see the two-way vision. I see it. I see that it. Young, okay. That young man right now, is, is he is an embodiment. I can't think of another wing player right now I can't think of it that's having the impact that he's having on the – no one can guard him on the offensive end right now. No, And I'm going to say this again. No one can guard him on the offensive end. And arguably, defensively, he may be the best wing defender in the entire NBA. And it's taking uh, yeah. on the challenge. Okay. Okay. And, and we can go through the list if you – so. I'm saying okay. You can make a case. You can as make a, a, as there's a, some wait. great wing defenders in the NBA. You can make a case. So, I don't think it's clear that I he's don't think it's one, clear. But, but he's but, in a conversation of great wing defenders right now. And I think when put, it comes to the shooting guards in the NBA, I think he's the best shooting guard in the NBA right yeah, now. When, and when you put the overall package together, when you put the overall package together, there isn't a better wing player in the game okay. right okay. now. Like, like right now. Like right now, today, I I can't now. Does that change next week if someone evolve? Yeah, of course. Everything. That's why I I love to say everything. This is what makes the NBA great. You have a every night. You have an opportunity to prove this. This young man right here. He's 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 like unstoppable right now, and he's bringing it. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, okay, this is. I mean, he's doing this against top-notch defenders. He takes on the matchup against your Celtics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he, he didn't duck. He's not ducking the, the action. He's going out guarding the other team's all-star players. I'm not mad at it. I'm a huge fan. You, you, that's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm not mad at now, it. If you said to me that you're taking other guys, okay, you can make your argument. Right now, he's a top three player. In the like, I'm looking at the MVP race. If he's not in your top three, you haven't been watching the NBA thus far. If you said today, I can't think of two other guys that's playing like, like just you saying significantly better than him right now. And who would you hit in that list? Like Jokic and Doncic. 
Okay. I could get crazy and say Maxi right now. Okay. I, 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 Embiid. Okay. It's early. We have to see how it's it early. Up. But I'm, but, not, I'm not mad at the but, take. But is Anthony Edwards' name there? Hell yeah. Absolutely. 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 Now we can. Anthony Edwards. I mean, he was the best player on the, on the USA team. Mm-hmm. And right now, right now, if you were asking me who's the best player right now from America, right now, it's Anthony Edwards. I like that. Let us know in the Discord what you guys think. Let us know on social media. Make sure you subscribe to the show, YouTube, Spotify, Apple. We'll be back tomorrow with more from the Hoop Genius Podcast. In the meantime, you guys know what to do. Get buckets.